Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny Lee. Benny Lee. You can follow me at KYB Ball King. You can follow Lee at Lee Weglars on Twitter. You can also follow the show at Benny and Lee. Uh, how you doing tonight, Lee? I know we've been having a little bit of connection issues to start, but uh, you know I think we got her fixed here now. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm, oh, I'm, there I'm you go. Well, I'm having a hard time hearing you, buddy. I don't know what's going on, but you may want to, uh, but anyway. We're supposed to have Terry Brown on tonight. I've completely lost Lee, but I'm sure he'll call back. But we're supposed to have Terry Brown on tonight, and we're going to talk about the Cats 3-0 and start in the SEC and how that's going. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, I'm sure a lot of us thought going into that Georgia game it was going to be an L because Ashton was hurt. We didn't really know how hurt Ashton was. And myself, I thought Ashton was hurt worse than he and he appeared to be hurt. But I also think Ashton's one of the toughest son of guns we've ever had. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But it's been a really good start to the SEC, 3-0. and And, I, you know, Calipari's doing doing what he always does. He's, he's getting the team there at the right time. And that's what we need. I mean, and it's amazing how he does it every year. And I think I've got Lee back on the phone now. Lee, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I hope you guys can hear me now. And I, I guess I'm having more issues here in Western Kentucky than you guys over across the state. But sounds really can hear good me now. All. It sounds really good. It could have been on my end, Lee. You just never know with this thing. But I'm just glad to have you here because you're my brother from another mother, and we we've got a lot to go over tonight. Terry's supposed to join us about six fifteen. And so we've got some things I wanted to go over before, but ha- but how's your weekend, brother? I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. Oh, great weekend! I'm I'm on a big high right now. Kentucky with two wins this week, incredible. I mean, we had you know feelings on this that they were going to be dog fights, part of the pun with the Georgia game, but and it was, and Alabama was no exception. I think we're seeing improvement each game, and I believe that was what you were touching on there. Benny, and I'm seeing it, and, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show at what Calipari does every year, and we see this same thing year in and year out. People get a little disgruntled. People little get a little agitated and excited, but the end result is what we're here for in Kentucky basketball, and it's all about hanging banners and winning championships or at least putting ourselves in position to win one, and I have no well, doubt in my mind with the, you know, the current – NCAA right now is up for grabs, and Kentucky's going to be in the hunt in March. Now, Lee, I know you're like me. You've got a lot of friends probably that are just diehard Kentucky, and they bleed blue. But have you ever had one of them say something so stupid that you just thought and questioned whether you should even be friends with them anymore? (laughs) I had that happen to me, and and I was just like, are you kidding me? Because I actually had a guy say to me, that Kentucky's not playing for a championship this year or any year in the foreseeable future. They're playing for <laughs> NBA draft stock. <laughs> and wow. I, was just, I was like, dude, 
either you're dumber than I thought you were, or you've just been smoking something. I mean, I just don't. I don't know how to even answer that. That's just crazy to me. Well, Benny, you've said things that almost made me want to not be your friend in, in anything, but no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, buddy. No, no, we feel the same pain. Uh, but yeah, I can write exactly because uh, a fellow that I used to coach youth basketball with up until middle school, and and even uh, one of my coworkers at work, and and one of the electricians, and you know they they're speaking badly about John Calipari and just don't like his system. They don't like the way he's doing things. They they don't like to see these kids in there one year or two years and out, and they, they're just not happy with it. But you know, I don't think there's any pleasing Kentucky fans sometimes because we weren't happy with Tubby, definitely not with Billy Gillespie. And, I mean, what do you do? And, you know, it's all about getting the best talent. We, we sound like a broken record because we talk about this every week. But it, it's the truth, folks. And either you're in or you're out. And I'm not really concerned about people being on the bandwagon. That's fine with me. But – it is a system. It is a process. And I know on one of my tweets this week, week that's what I put down at the bottom. It's a process. And Calipari tells us that you're in and you're out. And it is. And I'll tell you what, the process works, folks. You can compare John Calipari's time at Kentucky versus any of the other coaches. And really, the only other one that had more success was Adolph Rupp. Man, I'm just telling you, I. If you're not happy with John Calipari as your head coach, then I'm just going to tell you, I'm not trying, you know, I, and everybody calls me a Calipari homer and a lot of guys, a lot of guys here don't like him. I'll be honest with you. And I don't understand why. Uh, I, it's usually the loud ones that, that don't, but you know, there's a lot of people that do like him that don't talk a lot or, or say a lot, but they're, they're just like, Oh, uh, he's all about the player. And uh, I mean, let's just put it this way. If me and Lee and, uh, you know, three more guys go up there and we're all about Kentucky, we love the passion, the, we love Kentucky basketball, we're going to get our ass kicked every night. I'm just going to tell you, no matter how passionate we are, because we don't have the talent to compete for a national championship. That's just the way it is. I mean, we may not like that, but that's how it is. That's why being a player's first program is actually helping the program. And yes, I think Calipari could probably have a couple more championships. I think that's a you can argue that he probably should have a couple more championships, but you know he could not have any. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. They don't grow them on trees, you know, and they're they're hard to come by. I mean, obviously, I mean UCLA, even with John Wood and all his success and his talent he had at UCLA, you know, they only won the the ones they won. Kentucky's in the same boat, and you know Adolph Rupp with the teams he had, they they only hung so many, and so it's they're not grown on trees, folks. And you know it's the glass full, glass half empty concept or glass empty concept, and you know it's like this: John Calipari is the head coach of Kentucky basketball, but he's no different than any professor or teacher at the University of Kentucky and looking at these kids and just wanting to get them better to the next level. That's what teachers and professors do. They get kids ready for the next level. They get them ready for life. And that's what John Calipari is doing. And you can't tell me that 
professors in the college. The University of Kentucky doesn't want the best students at that school because that's what applying for college is all about. They're only going to accept certain students. They're going to accept the best of the best, and they're going to get them to the next level. That's no different than what John Calipari is doing. Well, to me, we have the best coach in the country. There's one that's arguable, but he's like 100 years old, and I don't want him. I'm just, I'm not trying, I don't like him. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the way it is. I, there's one that's arguably there with him, but the other one that was close to being with him is in the NBA now. So he's by far, you know, they're in the top 1% of all time, these kind of guys are, and you're not going to do any better than that. You can't do any better than that. So you just got to deal with what comes, and there's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs. But when your downs are a sweet 16 exit, that's pretty good downs for me. You know, I can remember plenty of times we didn't make a sweet 16. And, and it right. didn't seem like the standard was that high. I mean, maybe it was, but when I was younger, it didn't seem like the standard was as high as it is for Calipari. And I think a lot of that's, like I said before on the show, a victim of his own success because he came in like on fire, you know. And it, but But it's just, it's how it is now, and you can't do any better than Calipari. You're going to have to deal with one and dones if you want to be good because anybody that's good has got some. You're going to deal with players players leaving. You're going to deal with players not being as good as advertised because it's the ranking systems, and, and sometimes they don't always fit in the right place at the right time. It's like Whitney. You know, he's not panned out to what we thought he was going to be, but he could be like Nick come – Come sophomore, junior year, he might be a beast. Who knows? Because I would have never thought I would have said, and I even laughed at you earlier, and I'm going to have to eat that, for saying that he could be SEC Player of the Year because he very well could be SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, and, I mean, the jury's still out. And, and I know you said something about Nick being the best center in college basketball in the SEC. And the jury's out for me right now because I've got to see what he's going to do against Austin Wiley for Auburn. That, that's going to be a true test. Okay. It, it might be Terry. I don't even know what time it is, but here we go. Welcome to Kentucky basketball across the bluegrass. Benny and Lee. Is this Terry, I'm assuming? It's me, guys. How are you all doing? Good. Hey, How are you Terry. doing tonight? I'm doing real good. Anytime you get a UK win, that's a, that's a pretty good weekend, right? Hey, hey you're darn right. What about two this week? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> Thank you guys for inviting me on, Terry. Good to have you. Terry, uh, we just wanted you to give – I know you and I have had several conversations over the years about – how Calipari gets the team there, and sometimes I think you explain it as well as anybody. So let them know how it is. Well, you know, I've I've said this wherever I'm talking on different shows and whatnot. At this point, you can't be surprised on Cal's process, right? You can disagree with it or wish we weren't doing one and done, but you can't. Number one, you can't argue with the results, and you can't argue with the process. You know, for everybody that kind of gets bent out of shape in November, December, January, about mid-January we are right now, that's where the team starts to come together. You know, a few years ago, that's when he started uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander in the in the lineup. And, and guys kind of get their roles, and we go from there. And that's what you're seeing with this team right now. So, 
for all the wailing and gnashing of teeth a few months ago, this team is looking pretty darn good when you look around all of college basketball. Yeah, and I think you have to take in that big picture. And, you know, Terry, there there are a lot of people that are disgruntled and with the early season scheduling and, you know, the so-called weaker teams, uh, you know, other than the Evansville de- debacle, which Evansville has a good basketball team, no doubt. They just beat Murray State, you know, a couple weeks or about a week ago. And But I think that's by design because John Calipari knows when he brings in teams, they're, they're young and they need the experience of playing basketball games. And, you know, that's just part of the process too. And I think once they get to SEC play, and, of course, we had – we had a tough run in Arizona, and, you know, Utah, you know, is not a bad basketball team by any means, but, you know, Ohio State was tough, and then Louisville, and really, I think Kentucky played some really good basketball there, and I think that's why we're 3-0 and in SEC now. Absolutely. When you when Cal knows he's got kind of a veteran team coming back, that's what he's got to schedule all wild and crazy. If you remember 2014, 2015, we were playing yeah. Baylor in Dallas and going all over the place. But if he's got yep. a young team, he's he's not going to, outside of the Champions Classic, Cal's not going to put those guys in a situation uh, where you look like North Carolina, where it's January and you're, and you're eight and eight. Like, that doesn't help anybody. So, no. uh, like, like, like you're saying, we're three and oh. Cal knows what he's doing. At this point, year 11, you should kind of figure that he's kind of got this figured out. Yeah, when we say 3-0 and in the SEC, we play some really tough teams, in my opinion. I mean, Georgia and Alabama weren't cakewalks in Missouri either, for that matter. Well, I don't know about you two, but I honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. One, I've probably panicked more on this team than any team he's had since – the NIT team, to be honest with you. I, I'm not going to lie, because I'm always a Cal supporter, but I probably panicked on this one more. But I thought we were going to take an L in Georgia one, because I thought Hagens was going to miss, which Terry and I talked about the injury. But it looked more serious than it was, obviously, because he played lights out down there in Georgia. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It looked bad, but you don't know. And, and luckily, Hagens was able to play, because if you look, my only concern is Hagens, Maxie, and Quickly, they've been putting in 20-minute second halves the last three games. And yeah. I don't know how sustainable that is. That's a concern. Hagens, I think, uh, yesterday had 36 minutes. And, you know, with Quickly not starting, he's still getting 30, 32 minutes. That would be a concern for me. That's where you'd like to see Juzang be able to come in and spell those guys a little bit as well. Exactly. Yeah. And you remember back in the day, when Randall, when Randall was playing, if you remember, he was playing that kind of minute. And I, th- I still to this day think that's the only reason we didn't win a title against UConn that year is because Randall was just beat to death at the end of that. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, to th- uh, just real quick to that point, that's where losing uh, Willie Cauley-Stein hurt because Randall had to play, you know, almost 40 minutes a night throughout that run just to get to the championship game. So I, I agree with you. That would be the one concern I'd be looking at right now. Yeah, and you, and we all know that the SEC is a tough grinding conference. I mean, it's, you know, as open as the game seemed yesterday, and thank goodness the referees let these guys play yesterday. And, and what, a, what a wonderful flow to the whole game. And not to take away from what we're talking about, but, 
But it was fun to watch that kind of game again for once. It, it may be the only one I've seen all year. But, but the SEC is a grind, folks. And, and, guys, you touched on, too, Ashton Hagens and the concern going into Georgia. I don't think this team can win without Ashton Hagens, even with all the, all the people that we have and, and their contributions. I just don't think this team goes anywhere without Ashton Hagens. He's definitely the quarterback and the leader of this team. And as, as he goes, and, and yesterday wasn't his best game, but we have to have Ashton. Absolutely. Uh, Hagens, he's, the, he's the, the straw that stirs the drink. And, you know, he didn't play particularly well, and Cal said so post-game. But then you look at the box score, he's 14, yeah. 9, and 9 with three steals. Absolutely. So, Almost a triple-double. So Almost a triple-double. Right. Yeah. Here's the so thing, guys. So when you look, yeah, that's a bad game. With him at the point, you know, with him on the ball, and then Nick Richards, who would have ever thought we'd say we got to have Nick Richards? But we got to have Nick Richards. With him, man, with him protecting the rim, I mean, geez, man. I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. <laughs> But these guys are going to have to play a lot of minutes. How can you not love Nick Richards? How can you not love all these kids? And, I mean, that's even Khalil. That's, that's, that's Keon. Johnny, that's all these guys, man. I love every one of them. And, you know, it, it, it's exciting to watch it. And i tell you what, though, that Kentucky team this year is different with Nick and Nate in the game. Sistina and Nick Richards, man, I, there's a difference when they're in the game, folks. And, but I tell you what, great contributions from AJ yesterday and Keon, and hopefully they're starting to feel their groove and and find their way because they're showing some signs, and it's going to come to them. It's definitely going to come to them. And, and, and Terry, and that's the thing. What I'd be I wasn't trying to, to be rude yeah, when we opened this up because I had uh, technical difficulties. I was even trying to get Lee on tonight, but you, he's on Cat. Uh, Terry's on Cat Talk Wednesday. You guys should listen to it a lot. He's with Vinny. We had Vinny on last week. He's also He's getting big time on us. He's also on the post-game show on 680, which I think he's doing a heck of a job on that as well. Awesome show. Awesome show. I think it's still right for uh, Cameron Mills, if I'm not mistaken. But just just tell us. Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I think it's just the bow tie. I really do. I think it's just the bow tie, man. (laughs) I I think that's what it is. Yeah, but uh, Vinny and I have been doing cat call for going on six years, I think. Uh, and I've done writing for Wildcat Blue Nation and Cameron Mills. Uh, now I'm able to do the post-game show on ESPN 680, so I'm kind of all over the place. I've been able to cover the Cats uh, on the road at Rupp in the NCAA tournament. So uh, for a nice little side hobby, it's not it's not too bad. <laughs> hey, we're proud of you, and we and, and we aspire, you know you you motivate us because we see what can happen, and and we just do it for fun, but. We're not opposed to 680 calling us someday either. You know, we're just saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing is you have to call it like you see it. Uh, you know, I lean toward the more optimistic side of things, even though, you know, I tell folks all the time on Twitter, like, you know, I don't like losing either, but a loss in November should not derail anything that happens in March and April. So no, I we've talked to be a little bit more optimistic. Years, and and I, big... It happens every year. Yeah. You see people yeah. panicking when you know that you – and we said, I don't know if you were listening early, but we were talking early about just how good Calipari is, and I put him in the top 1% ever as far as basketball coaches. I don't think anybody's any better than him. I mean, not Koscheski. I like Koscheski. I think he's a great coach. 
I like Rupp. I think he's a great coach. But neither one of those guys are any better than Calipari. Winning a championship, you got to have some things bounce your way. Calipari could have five Absolutely. just the same as he could have one. And these are the two points I bring up when people go on that thing where Cal just rolls out the ball. Number one, how he is building his program is probably the most difficult way to do it. Like, he doesn't really know what he has as far as his team until now. You know, he's 11 years, and like eight of those years, he is just now kind of figuring out who's going to do what. You know, can this guy do what I'm asking him to do? That's number one. And number two, they all play defense. Like, he's bringing in these five-star guys that were the man in high school and highly recruited, and he gets all of his teams to play defense. Even 2013, they were limited offensively, but defensively they were a pretty good squad. They just couldn't score points. So getting guys to buy into the team and and to defense in a short period of time, that's coaching. and You know, that's not just rolling the ball out. Sure, and just think about Tyler Hero last year. You know, he was terrible on defense early on. And, and, and when I say terrible, he just wasn't used to the college level and, and the level of defense you had to play there. But, you know, by by the turn of the, the calendar, he, he was ready, and he was playing great defense. And, and look what he's done now. And he's in the NBA, and, he, and he's, he's definitely headed to be a star in the NBA at this point if he keeps, you know, continues projecting forward. And But – Cal Perry is a master teacher, and and people overlook that for some reason. And and the thing is, like the Tyler Hero and and some other guys, they may not be good individual defenders, but that doesn't mean you can't play good team defense. You know, I I think, and that's what I think the the issue he's working on with Nate Sestino right now is isolated at the top of the key. More likely than not, Nate's guy is going to beat him off the dribble. But if you fight and get in position – which Nate does really, really well, you know, you can negate some of that a little bit, especially when you've got Nick Richards behind you to kind of clean things up. One thing I've yeah. always wondered on that, and that's just, a, it's just an observation from me, as Nick can guard, I honestly think Nick can guard one through five. Why do they not put oh, yeah. Nate on the five and put Nick on the four when they're in the game together? I just, I'm just curious. What is your thoughts on that? My assumption would be if you've got Nick on the four and you put Nate at the five, that leaves Nate to guard the rim and pulling him up and pulling yeah. your your, your yeah. shot blocker away from the rim. I think would be the well, would be the thing. Point. That's probably true because I, I was just wondering that myself because I know he gets blown by by all the fours. Oh, well, I wouldn't say all the fours. You can tell the games when he can't guard the four because he doesn't play much. I mean, you can just tell. And, they, and the other team does a really good job. Georgia did this, and then they stopped, of getting uh, Nate into the pick and roll. Uh, Georgia had uh, two straight possessions, pick and roll. Nate's guy, you know, he switches and he drives, and he, you know, he fouls. And then they went away from it. So, uh, to your point, if, if they're not going to punish Nate on the defensive end, you have to leave him in for his offense. So, exactly. as long as they're getting something from Nate, from EJ, from Keon, and even Whitney, that four spot, you know, we know the four guys are going to finish the game, but whoever, you ride that hot hand. If it's a defensive game, you, you play EJ. If you need to score some points, you put in uh, Sestina. Uh, but this is basically what Cal wants to do. He only wants to play like six or seven guys. When you look yeah, back at his history, particularly. 
the yeah, short rotation. But I was texting. But I like Keon yeah. Brooks. I know he does some things wrong, and he gets bitched for it because he he's just freshman. I mean, he's your typical freshman. But you can see right. that he's going to be great. Now, I honestly think Whitley will be great as well. But I think it's going to be year three. That's that's my opinion. If he'll stick around to year three, Whitney will be okay. Well, and, and and to your point about the about freshmen, we have to keep in mind, you know, this is one of the things that's kind of, you know, good, bad, take it with the big blue nation. We see the miraculous, the spectacular, <laughs> and we kind of make that like the, the, the baseline. Yeah, and you're going to make Anthony Davis the norm, right? Too many people are going to live up right. to it. <laughs> right, and, and, you know, we have conversations. We see it on Twitter. They're like, you know, so-and-so struggling. Well, Anthony Davis, like, look, man, look, 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 you can't. <laughs> You cannot use Anthony Davis. To, it's not a fair comparison. That's a right. generational guy. <laughs> you know, you can't. Like does it sometimes too. That's like trying to compare your kids B to an Einstein, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just right. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't won the uh, first place at the science fair, but it's not quite you know Einstein just yet. So, uh, but that's what we tend to do, and we and we forget. And but we, I mean, but look at Nick. You know, how many people wrote him off last I did. year? I'll be honest with you. Year. I love Nick as a person. I think Nick's interesting. I thought after the 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 uh, Vegas trip that I was just done, done worrying about it. Let's hope that – I honestly said it to somebody, and, and I don't say this stuff in public, but, you know, I know we're probably in public now, but I'm just saying. I honestly said to somebody, I hope EJ becomes great because I have no – left in Nick at all because he's good against mediocre opponents. But, you know, I was wrong, and I'm glad to be wrong. You said that to me, Ben, and the thing there was with with Nick is it's what I think a lot of people missed and, and did not really listen and hear John Calipari say that he picked up the game late as a senior in high school. And I know. So I should be said, But it's, you know, I'm a huge fan, first and foremost, which is part of my problem doing this is that my emotions get in the way quality. yeah and the good thing like if you look at Nick you know he of course he's scoring he's playing defense he's kind of quarterback in that defense but there was a play in the Georgia game when we're making that second half run quickly beats his man off the dribble and is driving to the lane and Nick realizes that turns seals off his defender to give quickly a straight shot to the hoop that's a basketball play that you just yeah. get from playing in repetition. It's it's not going to show up in the box score, but that's a play that you just make from playing basketball for years and years and years. And Nick is now making those plays. In that game, it made me actually think of Anthony Davis. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Max. He went to the rim to score it. Nick played it like it was going to be a miss, and he he dunked it back in. Uh, Yeah, he did. Exactly. And I think that's what what Nick was missing, just the – and we've talked about that over the last couple of years is when Nick finally just starts clicking. And, and by clicking, we mean that he reacts quickly to the play. And we're seeing that now where he had hesitation before. And, 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 and you know, guys, any hesitation costs you in the game of basketball. He's got it and now. Terry, Absolutely. Whenever, whenever you're ready to go, you just go. Like I said, we've already kept you longer, and I said we were going to keep you, so – we're we're good. Oh, I'm fine. I don't, I don't I don't mind 
I, I don't mind talking about uh, about the cats, but but you guys are doing a, a great job. Keep doing it. Uh, you know, I feel good about this team. Uh, oh. You know, every time I fill out my bracket, I put Kentucky in. I've never filled out a bracket with anybody else. Uh, not so much, you know, this team may be limited a little bit, but when you look around at college basketball, you see Michigan State get blown out today. So you just don't know. So I, I like what Cal's doing. I like this team. I actually think, and I know this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, that this team has a better chance of winning a title than last year's team because of how weak college basketball actually is this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's a, a fair a, a fair assessment, but they're, they're, they're gelling right now. The roles are being defined. Once we get that four position a little bit more solidified, uh, I like our chances. You know, we're going to drop some in the in the conference. You know, we're not going to go undefeated, but still, I think when all said and done, we'll have another deep run. What yeah, do you think, man? I was thinking. I thought like eleven and six in the beginning, but now I'm thinking more like fifteen and three since I've seen the conference and our growth. Yeah, I would say that as well. And and the thing people need to keep in mind, you know, a lot of people don't like the cowisms that he throws out. When he says we're everybody's Super Bowl, you know, that may not translate to when we play Michigan State and these teams. But on the road in the SEC, like, did you see everything Georgia did, you know, a couple of games ago? They had a – it was a big to-do. And, and that yeah. really means something. That that hardens this team. Uh, Dan yeah. Issel, I was on a podcast with him not too long ago. He talked about it. You know, the SEC has never been a basketball conference, but when Kentucky comes to town, it absolutely means something to beat Kentucky. Uh, I tell folks, I don't know if you saw that 30 for 30 uh, on the on the Fab Five, Michigan's Fab Five, and Jalen Rose and those guys were talking about the 1993 Final Four. And their whole thing was, hey, we just beat Kentucky and Jamal Mashburn and they didn't really prepare themselves for North Carolina. So the direct yep. beating Kentucky was their thing. Also, the Nolan uh, Richardson, Arkansas documentary. You know, when they joined the SEC and they beat Kentucky at Rupp, he says, <clears throat> hey, that's when, that's when we knew we could compete for a championship, when you beat Kentucky. So for all yeah. these people to get tired of Cal and yeah. Super Bowl, yeah. it still means something. <laughs> all those teams that beat us in 2013 – with that team, they don't put an asterisk by and say, oh, that was NIT team. No, hey, we beat Kentucky that year. They get to thump <laughs> their chest a little bit. You know, yeah, you look right. back at, at VMI and Gardner-Webb, they don't say, oh, they had Billy G as coach. Like, no, we went to Rupp and beat Kentucky. It still means something to a lot of other programs. So uh, I, I'm definitely right there with you guys. And and that's a wonderful thing to say too, Terry. And, you know, Kentucky is held to high esteem. And, and and every team that plays Kentucky, and, and like you said, when when they go to a, an away game, they play at a, another arena. They do special events and everything else because they know they're going to have a huge crowd for that game. And Lee, yeah, I've got to let Terry go. We, brings up we've been, we we've been demolished. Uh, you know, we we went way over. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I appreciate you, Manny. I just want you to know we look up to you guys, and we appreciate you guys for coming on means a lot to us, and we, we, we'll we continue Absolutely. to watch you guys and read you all stuff. I told Benny the other night that, you know, I think you you guys definitely have the better writing thing on me because I'm just, I'm way, I'm way redneck, but 
Oh, oh, my mother was an English stuff. teacher for almost 30 years, so that, that helps. <laughs> that helps, fellas. Uh, but you guys have a good one. Thank you so much for having me on, and go Caps. That's right. Thank you, Terry. Have a good night. All right, Lee. That, that, well, that's cool to have both those guys on. I've been listening to them guys for a lot of years, honestly. They're pretty good guys. They really are, and they know their yeah. stuff. Yeah, they do. And, and what Terry's done is is nothing short of amazing. And you know what? And, and you know what's carried him on that and, and to where he is now is his passion for Kentucky basketball. And, and you know what I didn't you know, ask him about? We're so excited about Kentucky. I didn't ask him about the Lakers because I'm a huge uh, bandwagon Laker fan now because <laughs> okay. I'm an Anthony Davis fan. But we didn't we didn't even get to the Lakers. And I was going to do that, but you know it is what it is. We kept him. Oh gosh, I kept him old. Well, I talked him fifteen minutes, but I mean, heck, twenty yeah. ain't too bad. We didn't go too far over. <laughs> no. I mean, I know we've got a lot to talk about, and but you know, it's it's just it, it's fun. I mean, it, this is a fun time right now, and you know, the bad thing is we brought up what Kentucky's record in the SEC is going to be, and we all agree they're going to have some more losses coming up, and and those are going to be tough. And I'm going to need my 48 hour window. To, everybody's to predicting. I don't think that they're going to lose. I think three games. I think they'll lose at Auburn. I think they'll lose. Uh, I think they'll lose one up. I think they'll lose one rep because they just don't show up, and I think they'll lose one at Florida. And I, I think, I think that's it. I tell you what, Arkansas is going to be a tough one. I, I really think Arkansas is one game I've had on for a while. And at or at Rupp. And you know, Auburn man, would that not be a huge win at Auburn? Man, I would love I to talk about that. You know what? They'll be ready at Auburn, so that's always a good thing. They're, I mean, because you know they talk about Kentucky Super Bowl. Well, that's going to be that's going to be the Super Bowl for our boys probably at Auburn because Auburn's unfucking. Oh, oh, excuse my language. Bruce, I didn't mean to. Say <laughs> yeah, Bruce Pearl will be at the girls' games with his with his chest painted and his face painted, hyping that game up. We know that and. He's going to have all the the hype. He's going to have the stadium full, and they're going to try to block Kentucky fans from even getting in there for that game. But that that's going to be, to me, because right now what Auburn's ranked fourth, and they're definitely set to climb up in the polls this week, and that's going to they're be a fit. huge game. I, and I didn't haven't even looked to see if that's a, a week game or a Saturday game. So that's going to play a lot into it, too. Because that's the one that you and I, I don't give a damn what we have to do. Auburn, Kentucky, you and me, we're going to watch that thing together. If I have to drive four hours or whatever, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we can meet halfway somewhere. We just got to find somewhere as cool as the we'll KS Bar and Grill. We'll go to Lexington. That'd be it. We need to go to KS Bar and Grill. We need to find somebody to go in there yeah. and get us a seat there. Me and you both will be late. You know how that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. And yeah, so yeah, we and you know what? Knowing you, Benny, you may be up there dancing like Drew Franklin on the bar. You know, before it's all over. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say what I'll do. I'll just be honest with you. We've we've had some well, things going on in our life right now that's just totally disrupted it. But we're still handling it, and we're trying to be. 
you know, we're trying to stay straight. But one thing that always helps me is bourbon. I don't know. But I don't, I'm not like an alcoholic, but I'll have a drink a night. And then sometimes, some nights I'll have two. And tonight I've had two. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. I mean, it's feeling good. And, and we're riding this high with Kentucky basketball right now. And, and you know, we, we kind of stepped up on Alabama a little bit. But, you know, what stood out to you? in the Georgia game because, you know, that was that was a tough game, and I thought Kentucky really looked good in that game. And it was a little bit – even going into the Alabama game, I was still concerned. And I'm telling you, I've got some reservations and some concerns See, going into these games. Two things that made me think that we have a really good shot at a Final Four this year. And one of them, is there ain't – I mean, I don't know how to say it other than there ain't nobody in college basketball tougher than Ashton Hagen. There ain't nobody. You can bring whoever you want. That boy's tough, and I'm glad we got him out of Georgia. And number two, Tyrese Maxey is better. Well, I want to say better because he probably isn't better. But he is more... I'll go there with you, Benny. If you want to say that, I'm going to go. I'm going to go there with you, Benny. If you want to say he's better than advertised, I'm going to go there with you. No, so go ahead and say it. Say it. Say I don't want to say that he's better, but he's more mature than Anthony Edwards right now, and I think that's directly because of who he went to play for. That's my opinion. I think if you want to be an good. NBA player and you don't go to Calipari, well, I'm just going to say right now, your parents and you both are freaking idiots. I think that what what Tyrese Maxey and his family saw in committing to Kentucky and what Kentucky had to offer, I think they saw Ashton Higgins was coming back. And where that scares a lot of these kids away because they know they're going to have to fight for playing time because playing time wasn't promised to Tyrese Maxey. I can promise you that. John Calipari promises time in a game to no one. And Tyrese coming in as primarily a point guard. And and what you're seeing in these games, he's running the point sometimes, and Ashton is going off guard. And that that's really cool, and I love it. And, you know, that reminds me of John Wallen and uh, Bledsoe. And it's, it, I'm telling you, man, John Calipari is getting his team ready for March right in front of our eyes. And there's not a lot of people seeing this. We're, we're talking about plays, what these kids are doing off the plays. But if you notice – just what I said is watch Tyrese Maxey and Hagens in the game. And they're in the game a lot of times together, folks, most of the time, because they're logging a lot of minutes. But watch who's running the point. you got to pay attention yeah. to that because John Calipari is preparing this team for Hagens' injury, possible injury, which God forbid that happens. Uh, but, it, you know, foul trouble, you name it. And Emmanuel quickly, man – the three best guards in the land, people. Well, here's we got the thing. We talked about this, and, and I don't know how Calipari thinks, because if I did, I'd be a multimillionaire and I'd be coaching somebody. But here's the thing. You and I talked about this early in the year, how our best lineup was that three-guard lineup, and it is. And we don't know who the yeah. other two are. We know Nick's one of them. That's all we know for yep. sure. It could be EJ, it could be Nate, it could be Keon. But yep. we know for sure that our best lineup offensively 
Probably defensively, too, if you want to be honest, those three guards. Because yeah. quickly the yeah, defender. You know, you know, uh, everybody gives Ashton credit for being that defense, and he will be defensive player of the year. There's no doubt about that in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. But he overshadows what quickly can do defensively because quickly in most years would be our best defensive guard. But this yeah. team is their best lineup's the three guards, and we knew that going in. And Calipari probably did that too, but he's going to experiment and he's going to push this and push that till he figures it out. And now you see he's cut it to like a seven man rotation. And it's pretty much what we said. He's trying to give, he was trying to give the Whitleys of the bunch of the crew a chance to grow into what he thought they would be. And, And they will. It just may not be this year. And then again, Whitney may have a, you know, may have a, a revolution here in the next week or two. You, we may watch him next week and say, "What the hell happened to him? He's the best player we got." <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting seeing these kids because any given day, any given night, these kids could come out and have the game of a lifetime and 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 set a personal best. And I, I'm really kind of, you know, EJ did it. I'm waiting for Brooks and Whitney to do it. And it could come at any time, and Cal's going to ride the hot hand, and and it could be one of those nights that the actually it, the night it's going to be will be when we can't count on the guys. We're, we're Ashton maybe having an off game, IQ maybe having an off game, you know, and and even Maxie maybe having an off game, or, or even Nick or Nate, and that's going to be the night those guys step up. And that's what Cal's preparing these kids for is that any given time they could have their night. And, but they've got to keep doing the work. And I'm seeing progress in all of them. It, it was good to see Brooks had a nice little start yesterday, had a pretty hot start. And, and then not much, but it, it's just getting that game to slow down for them. And, and, and the game speed is tough for a lot of these kids because it's so different. They may have played the best and toughest AAU in high school level, but they're still college. The college level is at a different speed, and it's just getting the game to slow down to them. And we're starting to see that a little bit with EJ too. But I think with Nick, it wasn't that so much. It was just the inexperience with basketball and all, and in, in as a whole. And he's he's starting to figure it out. And I'll tell you what, it, it it's cool to see it because you know Benny, I'm going to tell you. I mean, part of me even thought the same thing. Would it, would he ever get it? But he's starting to figure it out. And man, it, it's fun to watch because the Kentucky team—they're they're a better team with him on the floor. There's no doubt about it. And that's just to me. It, I take a lot of pride in that, it, almost as if he was my own son. And I think that's, <laughs> that's what the way I feel about all these guys. Because like, you know, yeah. I, I go out sometimes. You know, we we do the. We go in spells. We'll go out sometime. And when I hear somebody talking about one of my Kentucky Wildcats, man, I'm ready to fight. I mean, it's like if they were talking about my son. I'm ready to fight. I'm like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. You just need to shut the hell up. (laughs) And I think we should take this time on because we take for granted sometimes because we're we're trying to work to make this thing great. Some of our biggest fans. And I, right, Michelle, she's she's always there listening to us, and we really appreciate her and Lisa, and all the people. And I know you remember Michelle, things better. Don't forget Michelle. Even though you're older, than I, 
still remember things better than I do. So shout them out, brother. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know Michelle and and we've got Terry Jordan, uh, Tom Cad out there, and, and exactly. guys, you know, I tell you what, yeah, it, it, I mean just to think that in just our really our. Is is this our third year or our second year, Benny? That's pretty bad because I haven't had that much to drink today. But... We've really right. worked hard since. You know, I did this for like two shows by myself, and I was like, "This ain't gonna work." <laughs> I got to find yeah. somebody. So I like to talk. Well, good God, I can't talk for a straight two hours. <laughs> oh, right, half and. You know, but, I mean, what we've accomplished, and, and, you know, we've had some great guests on here. We've had Tony Delk, which was amazing. Uh, we had David Sisk. You know who we've our had, favorite. Uh, and I'd put, Reggie I'd put David, oh, man. David or Travis Warren. Those two are neck and neck. I love David. Yeah, Travis Graff, uh, Justin so Rowland. Uh, he'll come anytime. Yeah. You feel awful for asking him, but he'll talk for you. He's talk longer than us because Roger can fly. <laughs> and now, <kept> talking. <laughs> yeah, now we've had Benny and Terry and uh, Terry Brown That's and Benny like, Hardy. And yeah, great, great, great bunch of folks. And, and and Coach Nick Minjohn from the baseball team. And we can't thank them enough for being on the show. And uh, Well, we love it, folks. And, you know, it's and – I, and I really like it, Benny, when we get down and we talk about the individual kids and – and a little bit about the games, and but it still goes back to John Calipari, man. He, he's a player's coach. I, I can't imagine wanting to play for anybody but him. And, and of course, I'm biased for Kentucky, but oh, I mean, yeah, you me can too. put Coach K in there, and, and uh, you can put uh, a lot of these guys in there out in front of me, and there's just nobody that I'd rather play for if I was a kid coming out of high school. Thing I gotta ask you: Did you see Greg Brown's father? Did you, oh did you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you we know, may not get that. I've been told by somebody who knows. Don't get my hopes up, and I'm not gonna get my hopes up. And I won't say who said it because he didn't say to say it or whatever. But he also, you know, he also thinks there's a chance. But don't get your hopes up. But. When I see that dude cheering like that, I'm like, does he cheer, does he just love basketball like I do, and he get it out of either way, or is there something behind this? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we're going to find out next week because listen, folks, and anybody that's listening out there today, we're going to try to get his dad on next week, next Saturday or next Sunday. Sorry, next Sunday we're going to try to have Greg Brown's father on the show. So hold us to wow. it. We're going to work on it. I'm going to work on it, and I already actually am working on it. Uh, we wanted to have Reggie Hansen on today, but, hey, Terry Brown was no less exception. I mean, what what a great guy and a lot of great input, and, and he's doing fabulous things out there for Kentucky and, and the basketball team. But Reggie Hansen, we wanted him on today just because it was his first visit to Rupp in, in a long time, and he was the why yesterday. And uh, so he had a lot of fun, and it, it was great, you know. And but that—that's what Kentucky basketball is, man. When you, you you play for Kentucky, I tell you what, even if you're just a member of BBN, you've got a huge family there. And I know Benny and I have met a lot of people on Twitter, and well, I say we've met them, we've we've friended them on Twitter. But personally, like I said, and Benny said last week, we've never met each other, Benny and I. 
but Benny, I consider my brother and anywhere we go. And we are going to be together this year. We're going to get hooked up this year and do a show together live. But anybody I've ever met on Twitter, I consider my family. Oh, yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I haven't met any. I don't think I've met anybody. I'm thinking. Have I met anybody from Twitter? I don't think so. <laughs> but no. but it's like I know Maybe, him. Like, yeah. like Tom. You were talking about Tom earlier. I, when you say Tom, I don't know who you're talking about and Terry Jordan. I, Terry Jordan actually was born 20 minutes up the road from me. It's in Arizona now. Wow. And it's it's just weird how that all works. We got to talking one night. And and we're like freaking neighbors. He's from Menifee County. I'm from Montgomery County originally. <laughs> And that, it's just weird how it all works out. Like, we probably play ball against each other and don't even know it. <laughs> it it's just cool. And, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, I don't know who Walker is. And, and this is uh, at Walk underscore 35. Uh, great. I'm going to give these guys a shout-out because they're in Michelle. I can't tweet Michelle and Lisa enough, and they are awesome. Roger Harden's another one. And we didn't even mention him being on the show. Roger Harden. I mean, is, you know, one of Benny and myself's uh, childhood heroes growing up with Kentucky basketball. And I can, and Lee Roach, uh, there, there's just so many. Blake McGuire, he's been doing a lot of stuff for us and, and, and promoting us. Jimmy Garden of Eden, uh, Jimmy, man, hey, we're giving you a little shout out tonight too. Debbie Fisher, uh, Lynn Bowden for president, which I know who that is. And, it's just cool, and but a lot, a lot of good people out there, and, and we hope that when we come up to Lexington, which that's where I think we're going to do it, uh, Margie Brand Hughes is another one, but I think that's where we do it, K, KSR Bar and Grill, Benny, and we're just, oh, yeah. just going they to us, we're, we're on it. But here's the thing people do, people need to realize when we, because people, they act like, you know, Roger Harden's one of your heroes. Hell yeah, he is. Most kids grow yeah. up of playing in the NCAA or in the NBA. When you grow up in the state of Kentucky, the NBA don't mean shit to you. <laughs> it's playing no. for the University of Kentucky. That's what means everything to you. And people say, like, all right, if you're, if you're a first-round pick after your first year and you're born in the state of Kentucky, you're like, no, nah, I'm going back to school. <laughs> you, know, you may not scheme of things when – when it actually comes down to it, you start looking at the numbers. But you think I'm playing four years. I'm play all I can because it's my dream to be at the University of Kentucky. So that's why these guys mean so much to us. Yeah, and 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 you know what? I, I want to tell you something too. We're, we're, this is going along with what we're talking about now. What, what we're seeing is, and I want to tell you, folks, it, it's this means a lot because other than just. Uh, you know, friends we know and coworkers and things, but the people on Twitter and, and Big Blue Nation, you guys are why we're doing this too. And 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 your support has been more than un, unreal. I mean, I don't even know how. I'm very humbled to see the numbers of, that are listening to our podcast and the people that follow us and, and their input. And it looks like Nick Nick from Canada is getting ready to call in and. Hopefully you right, do. Yeah, so. man, we we want your calls, folks. We love to hear from you. I make more of your calls, honestly. I'm gonna make a plea. I hate to do this because it bugs me when we say please call in. It's like, you know, it makes us look. But but seriously, please call in. We 
need more because it's better when we're talking to you guys, honestly, because we can talk to each other on the phone without all this radio stuff, you know? Yeah, Benny and I sound like a broken record a lot of times, too. I mean, you know, if you, but it it is Kentucky basketball, you know, and I've said as corny and as it may sound, this is your show. It's not Benny and my show. It's your show. This is your time to call in, and just like any other podcast or show, I mean, whether it be Paul Feinbaum or KSR, I mean, this is your time to call in. You're going to be out there, and we love to hear from you guys. And if not, just even talk Kentucky basketball just to say hello. And like I said the other day on Twitter, if you can call your mom on Sunday, you can call us. It's just as easy. It's just putting in a number and dialing it up, and in there, bam, you're there. Now, Lee, one thing I want to know, we're going all off on the sentimental trail here, but one thing I want to know, you said last week. That's what, oh, that's what we, bourbon does to you, Benny. <laughs> hey, we got somebody calling right now, but I'm still going to ask you the question. You said right. everything depends upon how we played Georgia. Now, what do you think now? And a caller, I know you're there. We got you just in a second. <laughs> So what do I think about the Georgia game? What, ask that again, no, Benny. You said I was going to tell us, tell us everything we need to know they played at Georgia. How do you think it, Georgia went? Well, man, well, you know, Georgia, I think Kentucky, you know, came out. Kentucky played good out of the gate. Don't get me wrong. But there, there it goes back to, again, Georgia, Kentucky was Georgia's Super Bowl. They had a huge crowd. They had they had it going on. The the student section was wild. Georgia came out ready to play. But there you go. There's there's Anthony Edwards, another freshman that Kentucky wanted. He ended up going to Georgia and celebrating halftime. You can't celebrate <laughs> halftime, guys. It's not till the game's over and the fat lady's singing and Kentucky kicked your little butt. So who's your right. brother, Anthony? Now, there you go. That's all I'm going to say That's kind of what I thought you were going to say. Now, welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass, and I'm pretty sure this is Nick. Say hello, Nick. (laughs) Hello. How are all of you doing tonight? And yes, it is me. Hey, Nick. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to be back. Hey, it's good to be a Kentucky Wildcat fan too, right? Oh, absolutely, especially over these last four games. Uh, that they, um, You know, I've always I, – I said sometime after the Louisville game that one thing I've noticed about our recent teams is that we always seem to get that one big win that jumpstarts us for the rest of the season. And, so, and I think that was the Louisville game, and we're seeing it on display right now so far. You know, you were just talking about right. the – you were just talking, you were just talking about our game at – sorry, go ahead. I said, I'm sorry, but it was North Carolina last year, and you're exactly right. It was Louisville this year, yeah. and we haven't looked back. I don't think we will. I don't think we will either. Uh, anyway, you were talking about um, you were talking about the Georgia game, which I didn't get a chance to watch because I had to be up early the next morning, but I was able to catch some highlights, and I think they handled themselves really well for their first uh, for their first road game of the season. You know, I, what I what I saw from the what I saw from the highlights are a team that isn't going to just, that isn't just going to fold when things get when things get rough. They knew they they knew they had to no, how do I say this? They knew they had to put together a big second half and they did. And I don't know if 
Anthony Edwards celebrating at halftime gave them motivation, but if it did, that if it did, it certainly worked. For, if it did, it certainly worked for us in the end. And you, and I and I also think that. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, and I also think that we were sorry. And I also think that we were their. And I also think that we were their Super Bowl. But you know, you gotta you you gotta hand it to the fans. They're they. They did well. They did well in supporting their team for this game. They got behind them as best they could, and you know it just happens like that. Well, I think that you know the the Georgia game. I don't think the Anthony Edwards celebration at halftime, unless someone came in the locker room and told the kids that. I don't think that had any factor in it because I think the Kentucky players were already off the court or going off the court. But they went into the locker room knowing they were down, but. They had a good little run in that nice last last second shot there before halftime pulled Kentucky closer. So that game could have gotten away. That game definitely could have gotten away. And you made a good point, Nick. They dug in and they fought and they scrapped. And the second half, it was it was much of the same. Kentucky did make some changes and they they isolated and they got a little more tougher on defense, especially on Edwards and. But they, they did a better job of locking down. And if you remember, Nick got in some foul trouble there, and they they took him out of the game pretty much. But he still ended up coming in and having a, a decent game that night. And it, it forced a little bit of think, difference than what we saw in the Alabama game. And I think going forward in the SEC, that's going to be something key to watch because Nick has to avoid foul trouble. But there were well, two fouls in that Georgia game, if you remember – they were very questionable, and even watching them on replay, Nick should have never been called on them just trying to get position. So they, it's a difference in the referees. And, and guys, it, it, that's no hidden fact. Referees can change a game immensely. All right, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I think the biggest growth in this team is they have taken on Ashton Hagen's attitude I think Ashton Higgins is a tough guy. I think the team's trying to become tough. And one of the big things that I've seen, the biggest encouraging things that I've seen this year in that Alabama game, they all, and Roger Harden was pointing this out as well, they only got off 21 threes in that game. And they normally shoot 30. And people can say, well, you know, they were scoring on the inside, which they were but they weren't scoring enough to win the game. And the only way they were going to beat us was from the three. And they only got off 21 and they averaged 30. And I don't know how many they made, but we made more than they did. Now, Kentucky just did a really good job of running them off the perimeter or forcing the pass inside and or, or pass somewhere else. And Kentucky did a good job of that. And I think a lot of that is just Kentucky's size. Kentucky, Kentucky has a size advantage on most of their opponents up to this point anyway, and we're, we're seeing that. And, man, the the flow yesterday, though, back to the referees. I mean, they let them play yesterday. And when Kentucky avoids foul problems, they're they a better team, no doubt, because we've got to have certain people on that floor, and at least the majority of the game. And, once again, that's a big game changer. But you're right, Benny, the defense was incredible. They had a good game plan. They weren't going to let Alabama shoot 33s in that game. And, you know, the flip side of that is Kentucky had a great day shooting outside from the three. And that goes back again to Calipari saying this is one of the best shooting teams he's ever had. 
A lot of people disagree with that just because of where we where we were. But you look over the last few games, and we're starting to see some pure shooters. And, of course, quickly is the hottest one of all. And what a difference he's made. And, man, I mean, this guy's are putting up numbers in his sophomore year better than Deron Lamb. So there's just so many indicators. If you're going to go by indicators, this team's poised for a, a good run in March. I agree. I think I think they're ready to go. And uh, like I say, Nick, we really appreciate you calling tonight, and uh, we'd like for you to call back regular. We want you to be one of our Absolutely. guys. You're, you're one of us now. We told you that, so you got to you got to call. <laughs> yeah, we're putting that Definitely. on. Hey, Nick, Nick, any thoughts yeah. on the Alabama game? What did you get to see that game, and what were your thoughts on the Alabama game? Uh, yes, I did get that game on TSN. Um, it, it was one of uh, it was the fifth game that uh, the fifth game this season that aired here, and you know, as Alabama was and my my main thoughts were this: as Alabama was clawing back in the second half, I noticed that I didn't feel any kind of nervousness. It's as if like, okay, yeah, they're trying, yeah, they're trying to claw back, but this team, especially now, has that bend but don't break feel to them, and I turned and I turned out to be right. They did. They've been. They've been. We and who knows? We might have early season. We earlier in the season we might have lost that game. But seeing, but seeing how they were able to get it done when it mattered most is probably the most optimistic thing I'm going to get from this. Uh, it is probably the most optimistic thing I'm going to get from this game. And also, you had mentioned staying out of foul trouble during Georgia. I remember. I noticed that. In this Alabama game, only one player, Nate Sestina, finished the game with more than two fouls, which is definitely a step in the right direction. Then part of that, I guess, also goes to the referees who are letting the, who are letting the players play. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. And I think, you know, it goes back to something Benny and I talk about all the time is team chemistry. And that's one thing John Calipari has to do every year. Just with the – and I don't like the term one and done. You guys know that. But but because we're, we're recruiting the elite basketball recruits out of high school. And who doesn't? We've discussed that too. But Calipari gets some of them. And he gets a lot of them. And, but just getting that team chemistry, it takes a little bit of time. And, and, and it, it's, it's getting these kids to buy into playing defense – and Cal does a great job of that. Hey, if they don't buy in, they're not going to play. And But team chemistry and, and what these kids are made of, and, and only the tough are going to survive out there, folks. And and But he does a great job of it, and we're starting to see that. And he's settling in on his lineup and his six or seven players that are going to play in the game. We know who they are. That doesn't mean that, you know, Cal doesn't give up on these kids. They're all going through the same thing. But once again, it goes back to, you know, where do you want to go? I'm going to go. I want to want to go somewhere where I'm going to be challenged, and I'm going to be pushed, and I'm going to be held to a high esteem, and I'm going to have to play to get to get minutes. And when you bring in this stable back, and I think that's going to work for Calipari next year and Kentucky and all of us in Big Blue Nation, is we're going to see Brooks and Whitney and some of these guys come back. And you know, I tell you what, I, I would love to see. Nick Richards come back. I don't know we're going to because he's having one of those years. But wouldn't that be something? I mean, 
to go up against these guys every day in practice, what's that going to do for your game? It's not going to do anything but elevate it if you've got some fight in you. Without a doubt, I think I think these I think you know I don't know about Whitney. I don't know what the problem is there. It's not defensively. It seems to be offensively on his problem. It seems that he has yet to understand that he needs to go to the rim. And I think I mean that's I think that's his lone problem. To be honest with you, he doesn't go to the rim. He wants to be a jump shooter. But that's just. That's just my opinion from watching. You know, I mean, it seems like he does okay defensively, but offensively he's just not good. Yeah, and I think you know, we saw some glimpses of that yesterday. And, you know, even the pass, it, you know, he, he took the ball in and he made a nice – it was a nice thought. He made a pass to Nick Richards under the basket when he penetrated into the into the paint. But he threw a fastball to Nick instead of just lobbing it at the rim. And I think that's, you know, goes back to the game slowing down for him. He's, and, and sometimes I think these young players overcompensate for the speed of the game. They do everything in a hurry, and they have to do everything at a high-octane level. And once he gets accustomed to it and comfortable, you're going to see that feel because, man, it, there's so much feel and touch to basketball but you have to have the game slow for you to be able to do that because if not, you're, you know, you're just overwhelmed and you're doing everything in a hurry, rush, rush. It's got to be fast, fast, fast. And, and it's just hard for these kids to react to it. And and I think that's what Whitney's missing right now. And, and just like we're seeing with Nick, Nick's starting to figure it out. I think EJ's going to figure it out. It, it, Cal's getting them there, guys. Oh, I, I was going to ask. Actually, you might have answered my question for me. Um, could some pe- Do you think some people would think that Khalil is where Nick was a couple of years ago? I'm going to consider. I'm going to compare. Uh, I'm going to compare Whitney to. I wouldn't even compare him to Charles Matthews. I think Charles Matthews was at another level, but with Charles, the same thing. With him, was the game was a little too fast, and I think he's just a little further behind. But I don't think it. No, I wouldn't compare him to Nick just for the fact that. And, and Nick, that's a good point, good observation. Don't take me the wrong way. If you disagree with me, just let me know because I'm 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 cool with that. But with Nick was Nick didn't pick up the game of basketball until he was a senior in high school. So and this is in Jamaica. I don't know what they what basketball in Jamaica is about, but. Anyway, I think Whitney's had had the experience with basketball. He's grown up playing basketball. I mean, that's what he's going to be good at. I just think that it, it's just not always the same for kids to adjust to that level. And I think what hurt Whitney more than anything was the hype that Cal, the hype and the praise that Cal put on this kid. That was a lot of pressure to put on this kid, and he hasn't hit there yet. And I can't make my words, but I think he will. He will. I believe this kid's going to make it. And I would Benny, put I him. Agree or disagree, but I would put him in the category with <laughs> DeAndre Liggins when when Cal arrived. I would put him right yep. with DeAndre Liggins. Like he does not know what he's good at yet. That's where I would put him. Once he figures out his role. He's going to be great because he's got the athleticism 
that's unmatched by anyone on the team. I think once he figures out that he can be a defensive stopper and he needs to just go to the rim, and he, you know, he may work on his shot over the next couple of off seasons and become a good shooter. But right now, he's not that, and he's got to understand that, and he's got to become what he's good at, which I think can be defensively rebounding, and I think it can be attacking the rim offensively on the rebounds and also just off the dribble. Man, I tell you what, that that one, you 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 tugged on my heartstrings there, Benny, because DeAndre Liggins was one of my favorite players, and you talk about a his last year at Kentucky, a, a blue collar player that did did all the intangibles, man. And what where would we have been without him in that North Carolina game? And I'm telling you right now, with Brandon Knight and those guys, that team should have won a national championship. That that was. That goes down to one of my favorite teams in Kentucky history, in recent history for sure. And Liggins, man, a great comparison there. And he, it took him a couple years to figure it out. And I think that's a great observation, Benny. Thanks for pulling that out of the vault because you, you about brought tears to my eyes with that one. That team um, will always hold it. That team will always hold a special place for me as well because that was the t- that was the first Kentucky team that I remember actively cheering for. That, not a bad team to start like, with, Nick. Not a bad team at all. I was going to say the team, or, or let me rephrase, the team that made me a fan in the first place. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You guys remember Josh Harrelson? So oh, yeah. Th- th- just think, just think about Jorts, and you know. I'm going to tell you something. He was almost kicked off the team, just so you know. He was almost kicked off the team. Yeah, and you you talk about this. You just talk about a rowdy son of a gun, just a good old country boy. And I'm I'm going to tell you something, though. The the good story behind all that is, and and Benny just said it, finding your role. And Cal helped him find his role. And I tell you what, man, the kid made it to the NBA. And, you know, and, and really just one year. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't long, and uh, just a great story. And that's what Calipari and Kentucky can do for for these kids. And a lot of it's buying in. But you're right; he almost kicked off the team for good. He would have never come back. Uh, where he would have ended up, he would have never ended up anywhere where he is now. And uh, but that's just to me. That's one of the feel good stories of the John Calipari area era is a. Uh, is is Josh Harrelson and even what he did with Liggins and, and any of these guys is he, he's taken to that level. He's improved their game, and, and there's not a better guy to get them to the NBA and have them prepared for the NBA in life and what it holds for them than John Calipari. Hey, one of the hardest things in life, I don't care who you are, is to admit to yourself that someone else is better or knows more than you do. That's like, like I'll be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm a mechanic. That's what I do for a living. This is not for a living. This is for fun. But I'm just saying. And sometimes I've called guys that know more than me to ask questions when I get stumped. And it's hard to do. It's a, when you get to where you can do that and you realize that you do not know everything. And that's the same thing with basketball players. It's hard to admit. When you're used to being a five-star and you're the man that, you know what, everybody else on this team was a five-star as well, and they're the man. And some of these guys might be better than I am. That's hard mm-hmm. to admit. 
which doesn't mean they're better than you at everything. It just means I may not be the scorer on this team. What am I going to do for this team? And that that's where you come into finding your roles. And that's what John Calipari is really good at. And I, I see it. I'm watching it. He's struggling with, with Mr. Whitley because I think Whitley's just struggling himself to actually admit, you know what, this may not be what I was meant to do is to, to be Steph Curry. I may be, you know, a lot more athletic than him and a lot and I may need to block some shots. I may need to get some rebounds. But he's getting there and it'll happen. And it is. It's 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 trying to find your role and what you can do. And and, and the biggest thing is when you go onto the floor for any team is to give it your all. And you know, you can't force action, but you can you can play hard defense, you can chase loose balls, and all those intangibles there. And I will tell you this, and I, I've been in manufacturing for over 30 years, manufacturing management, and, and I'm going to tell you, I learn something every day. And I'm not ever going into the plant, you know, thinking that I know everything. I'm going to learn something every day, even if I have to dig in and, and find it. And the best thing I can tell you guys, and it all relates to life and it relates to basketball, is find that person that is the one, the elite one, the one you want to be, and emulate them. Work <laughs> like they do and get to that level. That's what it takes, period. And, and that's nothing that Calipari doesn't tell those kids. He tells them the same thing, and that's what he's telling AJ. Be like Anthony Davis. Be an Anthony Davis. Be that guy. Be that guy. That's what he means when he says be that guy. And and not just you're not going to just walk out on the court and be that guy, folks. You've got to get out on the practice court. You've got to put in the minutes when you're not practicing, self-sacrificing, going after it. And it, it comes down to one thing. How bad do you want it? If you want exactly. it bad enough, you're going to be that guy, period. And we lost Nick, but he's calling back. So we we got him back here, but that's exactly that's exactly the case here. Will uh, sometimes it's just hard to admit what you're good at because some things that you're good at are more glamorous. You know you know what I'm saying. Like the dude that scores twenty is always going to get more credit than the dude that rebounds twenty. You know, yeah. if you look at the grand scheme of things, there's only one player in the history. I think it's average 20, and that's Rodman, and everybody knows who he is. Yeah, the worm. And, and they called him the worm for a reason, because he never quit digging. That's right, that and, Nick, and Nick's back with digging us, so I, I think he's got okay. something else to say. Let's see what he's got. I actually did it. It hung, it just hung me up due to time, and I – it just hung me up due to time, and I – and it, it, and it told me um, – Press this, press this button to redial the number, and I did that, and I just did that. <laughs> but but anyway, like I said, you got you got to start calling regular because we we need you. We haven't had a lot of callers because most of our listeners are not live. I, I we've noticed that a lot here lately. But we'd like to get more live listeners because that's the reason why we do it on this because we could actually do a better show on you know on a lot of SoundCloud, a lot of different things than this. But we like. To, we want to get 
you guys involved in our show because we think that'll make our show better. That's that's why we stick with this thing. And I th- and I think it'll get there. And Nick, I mean, it is it's like what Benny was saying. It, it's it's positive to hear from you, and 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 maybe you tell people that it's not so painful because it's not like going to the doctor and getting a shot or anything. It, it's pretty easy. And I made a point to say it's it's no different than calling your mom on a Sunday, and uh, it's just that easy. And I know well, it's look, Sunday, and listen, people. We listen to other shows, and we know sometimes if you if you stutter or if you stop or if you freeze, they're gonna call you out. But we're not gonna do that to you because we've been you, <laughs> and we are you basically. We're it's all about the. We did this. Lee and I talked about this, and we were doing this because we had a we had a big Twitter group that was always talking basketball, and we thought, you know why? And Actually, we can talk basketball on, you know, on the air, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just it's, it was just for the people that we originally wanted to talk to. But it's getting a little bigger, a little bigger, and we're we're kind of enjoying it. Don't get me wrong, but in, in the grand scheme of things, it's just one Kentucky fan to another. Yeah, and, and I'll admit, um, you know, you were ta- you know, you were alluding to that. You know, you were alluding to that nervousness, and I'll be honest. Like every time I called into whether whether it's this show or another UK show that I used to call into regularly, I would get I would get a few jitters um, before actually before actually calling in. But I think as time go, but I think as time goes by, it eventually settles, and I and I know what I want, and I know I'm going to, and I know I want to do it, and I know I'm going to do it, and here's one. And here's um what I, here's why I know the topic is and what I plan to contribute to it that sort of thing. And mind you, I haven't like I haven't even called into any local call-in shows like for for the sports around my area because I'm still I'm still too nervous for that. But somehow with you, but somehow with UK, I don't feel that anymore. There's been a thousand times that I wanted to call into KSR. I ain't gonna lie. There's been a thousand times I wanted to call in. It's always busy. I can never get through. And he'd probably get mad at me anyway, cause nine, I mean, like I like I love Matt. Don't get me, wrong, I love Matt Jones. But nine out of ten times, when it comes to actual basketball observations, I disagree with him. <laughs> I've talked to Matt a couple times, well more than that, and I've called into the uh, KS or the Kentucky pregame show with Buzz and Buzz Baker and those and Rex and, but you know it. It's always good, and I think there's a comfort uh, speaking. And you know, I've been fortunate enough to learn to speak, and and took some speech classes, and and been in some speech groups, and so it comes natural to me. I'm a big talker. You guys can probably tell, and but but there's no shame in it. Even you know Ben and I, we criticize ourselves pretty hard. We're our, we're our two worst critics, believe it or not. And we've gone over things and things that we need to polish up because we want this to be professional and sound good. But we don't want you guys to take it that way. We welcome your call, Nick. I tell you what, I'm gonna give you this, buddy, because I consider you a friend, and I know Benny does too. And I love your tweets. Always very positive. And, and you're pops you up know what I would life. like more than anything is I don't know has Nick ever been to the states? If he hasn't, I would like for him to come when we actually do a live and just we'll put a wow. headset on him and he can sit right there and do the show with us. 
Wouldn't that be cool? And, and, or even that go would to a be game. Awesome. Nick, have, Nick, have you ever been to a Kentucky game? I have not actually. Um, I've never we even. Get know, I've never even been to the state of Kentucky. I, like I've been to the states, but I've never been to the state of Kentucky. And I know that I re- and I know that I want to change that at some point. Um, actually, I when I found out that they were playing at when I found out that they were going to be playing at Michigan next year, I thought you know maybe that might be. Maybe that might be um uh, one of my best chances to go to a game. Uh, go to a game. Now, now you, 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 you just answered the question for me. Take off and come up there and go with you. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Bob. No, but then I but, no, but then I decided. You know what? I think the first time I go to a game, it should either be at an obviously at a neutral site, um, because that might be my best chance, or to or to go to a UK home game. And I've always and ever since I became a fan, I've always wanted to go. The only the only problem is I haven't found uh I haven't found a the only problem is I haven't found a way to do it yet. Now, I tell you what, Benny, and I don't mean to cut you off because I know you had something to say, Benny, but but Nick just answered my question because I was going to ask him what part of Canada he's in, but he's already telling me he's on the on the Michigan side, so he's on the East Coast, the East part of Canada, and that's good. And I've been there many times. And the second thing is, I think next week we do a show on Nick because. I want to know how Nick became a Kentucky Wildcat fan. I know we're running out of time, guys. That's why I'm saying that. I want to know how you became a Kentucky fan, uh, and and then oh, we're going to talk about getting right. you down to a game. Sorry, say that last part again. <laughs> he, it was a gambling deal, kinda, but he he was picking a a sheet, and he ended up rooting for Kentucky because he had picked them, and in the next year. He found that he couldn't root against them, even though he had picked against them, and he ended up rooting for Kentucky to win. Yeah, it was an interesting story, but you know, he can come on and actually tell the whole story. That'd be great. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, actually, when I called in last time, I started telling the story, but then we, but then the topic shifted to some, but then the topic shifted to something else uh, in the middle of it. Well, we definitely have to talk about the ice cream at Rupp Arena and Jay Billis. So, what were your thoughts on that yesterday, Nick? Well, on the ice cream, I have to say, you know, if I wonder if Rupp Arena's ice cream is as good as everyone says it is. Because if it is, then no, I guess because if it is, then I'll, it'll be near the top of my list. I will tell you something. I don't want you to be disappointed when you come all the way from Canada. I've had Rupp Arena ice cream. It's not that great. I used to love Jay Billis I thought he was an impartial Duke guy But it seems like he's leaning more and more Toward Toward being biased And I just I'm just getting to where I don't like I used to love Jay but I don't like him anymore And, I, and I'm not I don't mean I don't like him as a person I don't like his commentary Anymore because it seems like he got mad Over the whole Ryan Lemon <laughs> saying that he yeah. should use a Kentucky player to do ninety four feet. That seems what has happened to me. I don't know. And I don't, Lee has never liked him. So Lee, I'll turn it over to you yeah. now to tell me about Jay Billis. Well, well well don't say I never liked him because I kinda thought Jay Billis was kinda okay, but this has been years ago and I'm seeing this more and more and it's it's no different than Dick Vitale. I mean they all seem to have the A C C and Duke rammed up their rear ends, and I don't understand it. And I, I do with Billis because he, he played at Duke. 
And he played for Coach K because Coach K's been there since the beginning of time. I mean, I think Coach K wore one of those caveman suits. He he should have been in a Geico commercial. But, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but seriously, he, he has nothing good to say about Kentucky. He went on and on, and they rolled on and on. And I think Justin Rowland even made the point they rolled on and on about Nick that being a foul. And it wasn't a foul And late in the game yesterday. And I, I'm just like – you know, uh, if you listen to him closely, he does not like Kentucky. And I think Kentucky fans made him mad, called him out. And I called him out to the point on the ice cream uh, last year that he, he blocked really me on the Twitter. He was and, really good at hiding the fact that he didn't like Kentucky until. That's my point. I, I figured yeah. him out. He was really good at hiding the fact that he didn't like Kentucky until they called him out on the 94 feet. And I'm going to tell you yeah. something, it'd be hard to like Kentucky playing at Duke, just like it'd be hard to like Duke playing at Kentucky. I get that 100%. But he was really good at being unbiased in the beginning. But it's starting to show that he's just a Duke douchebag. Sure. And, and what robbed me more than anything was his attack on John Calipari's daughter on Twitter, saying that she needed to learn how to read. And uh, it was just it, it was uncalled for in that in that level at the level he's at and where he is. There have been other people for the same type of comment have lost their positions, and I'm not calling for anybody to lose their job, but I'm just saying that he should have been held accountable for that, and there was nothing made of it, and there was nothing wrong in what she said, and you know it. But but back to the to the fact is. You know, his comment yesterday was, well, you know, they were poking fun at the Rupp Arena crowd for eating heathen rice cream slow. And I'm thinking, well, you know, Jay, you're having yours hand-delivered. You're not paying a penny for it. These people are paying $5 a pop for it. Let them savor and enjoy their ice cream. These are blue-collar hard workers from Kentucky. They're not little Duke, Smoky, Coach K-loving Whatever you want to say there, I'm, I'm, I'll let you I fill in the blank. But you, you get, know he's a horse's ass. <laughs> I get your anger toward Jay Billis, and I also get their humor toward the ice cream. And I understand what they're trying to do, but it fails on a lot of levels because yeah. there, there's nobody. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, you got your casual fan that comes in. This is the one that they're trying to cater to, which pisses me off to no end. I'm just gonna tell you all the truth. Because they know guys like us are going to be there year in, year out, no matter what. No matter how shitty they make it for us, we're going to be there because we love the cats. But they're catering to these, and I'm just going to be honest with you, to these people that are half-ass fans, and they're trying to get them there. That's where this comes from. That's where all this crap comes from. And then sometimes your guys like us, like Lisa, like Michelle, like Jared, like all the guys like Terry Brown, whether he wants to admit it or not, like Benny Hardy, like all the guys that are true fans that do this. I mean, we're into this crap because of how big of fans we are, to be honest. But they want to cater to these Johnny-come-latelys, and it just annoys the hell out of me, but I guess that's where they make their money. Yeah, and and that's a good point. And and I want to tell you, when I go to Kentucky, my next Kentucky game, 
Yeah, what bothers me, let me tell you what bothers me first, is that they ran about the ice cream for over five minutes during the basketball game when there was action going on. I can see talking about it on a commercial break or in a spot where the game action is not happening, but not during game action. But my goal is to get a seat for a game that ESPN is covering and Jay Billis is doing the coverage, a seat right behind Jay Billis so I can conveniently drop my ice cream on his bald head during the time <laughs> All right, man. Benny, I want you right there with me, Benny. I want you right there with me when they escort us out of Rupp. And I wasn't talking about you, Nick, when I said, Johnny, I'm like, you're a true fan. You want the game for the game. I'm talking about the people that just go for the social event, which is 100% the reason why Rupp ain't as loud as it was back when I was a child. True. And, Nick, we're going to get you down here for a game. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, all right, I look, for, I look forward to it. We're going to figure it out, but we got to figure it out. But I want it to be a good game. I don't want it to be, you know, Evansville because God oh, knows well, Evansville can beat us, you know. <laughs> well, we're winding it down. I think we've pretty much covered everything tonight. And, uh, yeah, I got a, a lot of things to say, but you know what? We got 50 seconds, so I'm going to turn it over to you, and you can say good night to the BBN, good night to Nick, and we appreciate you coming on, Nick. You don't know how much we appreciate you. Of course. Always happy Always happy to call in. Well, and I'd like to wish about... a good night to the Big Blue Nation as well. There you go. And be, Hey, Nick, and I was just going to let you roll with it, man. You want to sign out for us? That's good with me. You say what you've got to say. Uh, you know what? I think uh, I think I've said every, I, I think I've said. Um, oh man, <laughs> put me on the spot. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think. We did. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just want to just want to wish everyone in the Big Blue Nation a good night. Have a good week. He loves John Calipari, and he is a fan. Good night, guys. Good night, good night Big Blue Nation. Thanks for listening to the Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee.